Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Oh, Mr. Producer, did you see the blaring headline? Ain't Coulter has had enough of Trump. She wants him out. Did you see that, Mr. Producer? I hadn't seen it till somebody sent me an email to a link, and there it was on the Drudge Report. I didn't even know Ann Coulter was still around. Did you, Mr. Producer? I had no idea. But now that she wants Trump out, along with the, the slobbering news media and the slobbering Democrats and our enemies overseas and all that, I guess we should all now genuflect and attack the President of the United States. And my brother Drudge is doing a hell of a good job of it. I go back and forth on this, whether I should really unleash or not. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think hard about it, but I'm going to think about it. Because either today you stand with the Constitution, you stand with individual liberty, you stand on the shoulders of the people who who founded this nation, or you don't. This battle is about what kind of a country you want to see. If the Democrats win, you can kiss it goodbye. Everything they're talking about is a complete antithesis to our founding principles. Wealth tax, massive redistribution of wealth, massive open borders. So I get sick and tired of these crybabies, these pseudo-conservatives who've gotten rich and famous as conservatives, now all of a sudden, well, I'm not sure, for a variety of reasons, positioning themselves and so forth. It's much easier, you know, if you're in my business or in the media bit, to attack Trump, because then they love you. Look at this, this chameleon slob Scaramucci. I never understood this guy. I never had him on my show. He's a nothing. He's with Trump. He takes heat. He's against Trump. All of a sudden, he's celebrated on CNN and MSNBC. That's how it works. You want to be celebrated, attack the president. But these people are sellouts. For whatever the reason, and I don't much care. We have to fight for our liberty and for the future of our children and grandchildren. That's what's at stake. Our universities and colleges have gone to hell. Hollywood has gone to hell. The Democrat Party is going to hell and has gone to hell. The media's gone to hell. We're it. We're the last ones left. This is it. So the Tokyo Roses and the media, and the rest of them, 
they can go to hell too. We have long memories here, don't we, Levinites? Long memories. I love the way they write about me. A vociferous Trump defender. I'm a vociferous defender of liberty and constitutionalism. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. doesn't mean the president's perfect. But the other side is perfectly repulsive and tyrannical. And so we stand our ground and we will continue to do so. I don't give a damn what any website says or Ann Coulter. Oh my God, I must change my view. You want these people in a foxhole with you? Hell no. And I've only just begun. Only just begun. So we'll see in the days ahead. Because I'm thinking hard about this, how I choose to pursue this. But in the meantime, a charade is about to begin tomorrow, which continues on all the past charades. You realize Donald Trump hasn't had one second of breathing room as President of the United States. It started right from the beginning. One second. No honeymoon, nothing. Nothing. They've tried to burden, handicap this president from day one, make it impossible for him to govern. It's an attack on the republic. It's an attack on the people who voted for him. It's an attack on our franchise. And now they're attacking the Constitution with the manner in which they're handling an impeachment and the fact that they're handling an impeachment. We have a so-called whistleblower. He's not a whistleblower. His name is Eric uh, Chamarella. And if it's not, he's welcome to come on this program and say so. The New York Times won't print his name. The Washington Post won't print his name. Cable TV, you're not allowed to mention his name. The left-wing fascistic media won't mention his name. Why? Because you mention his name, you see his background, you figure out his connections, you see what the hell's been going on with this guy and the rest of them, and their whole house of cards comes tumbling down. The blue dress, if you will. He is the blue dress. This phony whistleblower is the blue dress. Those of you who remember Clinton know exactly what I'm talking about. So I don't care what the motivations of this person or that person or that website or this website is. We have tens of millions of people who listen to the program or watch my television shows. And hundreds of thousands who read the books. Steady she goes, ladies and gentlemen. Steady she goes. We're not Vichy conservatives. We are not Vichy Republicans. We're not Vichy patriots. This is it. This is our country. And we're not going to surrender it to Don Lemon, to Chris Cuomo, to Alison Camerata, to Jake Tapper. We're not going to surrender it to Rachel Maddow to Jeff Mother Zucker, to Andrew Lack, or any of the rest of them. We're not going to surrender it to the Holocaust-denying New York Times and the Holocaust-denying Washington Post. And we're not going to surrender it to any damn website or Ann Coulter. 
That ain't happening. You can oppose what's taking place in this country and even have serious differences with the President of the United States. A person like Alan Dershowitz. Say what you will about Alan Dershowitz. He votes for Hillary Clinton. He votes for liberals. I can't explain it, but so be it. But when it comes to a brutal assault on the Constitution, a misuse of the impeachment clause, ruled by the mob in the House of Representatives and in the media, the man has the gonads to stand up. Or Ann Coulter's and the, and the others, her ilk, are busy trying to draw attention to themselves. There's a legal analyst, Alan Dershowitz. They don't link to him. Joe DeGeneva, Victoria Tonsing, those are legal analysts. They don't link to them. No, no, no. Instead, we get legal analysts. I'm not allowed to mention all of them. But this clown, Dan Abrams, if anybody ever did an investigation in the little empire he's built, the quacks on the left that he's hired... That would be fascinating. But nobody will. Nobody does. And so be it. Media Research Center. Now that's a solid organization. Come hell or high water. Pressure or no pressure. Because Brent Bozell is a patriot. As are the people who work with him and for him. And they stay on it. They will not be deterred. And in a fantastic piece today, impeachment frenzy, TV networks networks blast Trump with 96% negative news. That should be the headline right there. Richard Noyes, with virtually no chance Senate Republicans will vote to remove President Trump from office. House Democrats drive for impeachment is more likely aimed at creating a deluge of negative daily headlines, hoping to cripple Trump going into next year's election. If that is indeed Democrats' goal, then the three broadcast networks are doing everything they can to help achieve this partisan objective. A free society, ladies and gentlemen, cannot exist without a free press. And we have an unfree press today. And even some of the new media, part of the unfree press, no longer the clarion voices that you came to rely on. MRC analysts have reviewed all coverage of President Trump and his administration on the ABC, CBS, and NBC evening newscasts since 2017. Following the beginning of the impeachment inquiry on September 24, this coverage has been more hostile than normal. Out of 684 evaluative comments included in these broadcasts, a whopping 96%, basically all of them, have been negative versus a meager 4% That have been positive. Go ahead and look at your favorite website. You see it right there. 96% hit jobs. Hit jobs linked to by left-wing media outlets. Left-wing voices. Trump haters. TV's fascination with Democrats' impeachment push has crowded out nearly all other news about the administration. I'll give you a news headline. The House Intelligence Committee is pursuing impeachment while in Israel, Islamic Jihad, Palestinian Hamas, Iran and Hezbollah 
have fired over 200 missiles into population centers. What's the House Intelligence Committee doing? They're protecting the whistleblower. Incredible. They're worried about Ukraine not getting money that it got. They're worried about Ukraine investigating their hero, Joe Biden, which Ukraine is not investigating. TV's fascination with Democrats' impeachment push has crowded out nearly all other news about the administration. During the six weeks since Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi announced the start of the inquiry, ABC, CBS, and NBC evening newscast churned out 398 minutes of coverage to the Ukraine scandal, or more than three-fifths of all administration news during this period, 645 minutes. This nearly matches the 438 minutes of airtime these newscasts produced during the most hyper-intensive six weeks of the Russia collusion scam, starting when the president fired James Comey as FBI director on May 9, 2017. With most of the developments behind closed doors, the majority of the network's impeachment coverage has been based on secret leaks from anonymous sources. Out of 172 news reports, a large majority, almost 60%, relied on unnamed sources for their facts about the impeachment probe. In other words, Democrats. Slightly higher than when we first checked in late October when 57% of the stories were sourced to anonymous. And I will continue this after the break. We'll be right back. Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice. A series of choices, guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C., Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, one of the rising stars, and I mean this, in broadcast media today, not as a journalist, but as a commentator, is Jesse Waters. Don't you agree with me, Mr. Producer? He reminds me of me at his age, quite frankly. He's a young guy. He's fearless. He's sharp. His monologues have been outstanding. I don't catch them all, but I catch them when I can. You know, he he jokes his parents are leftists. uh, And yet he grew up in Philadelphia where I grew up. And if your parents are leftists and you're a conservative, and you go through college, and it's leftist, and you're a conservative, and, and the culture's leftist, and you're a conservative. I mean, this is, this is a big deal. You got Charlie Kirk. I mean, I can go down the, the line, and I will one day. You got young people. I am so thrilled, because one day I'm stepping down. 
And I admire these people. They have principles. They're not positioning themselves. They're not, they're not promoting a narrative. They're calling them as they see them from a conservative, principled, constitutional perspective. That is a good thing. A good thing. And there's more and more of them, which is a remarkable thing, given what's going on in our universities and colleges. Let me continue. Even negative spin, they write at MRC, one of our favorite sites, Newsbusters, on Baghdadi death. Only two other Trump administration topics have been granted much airtime since the inquiry began. The successful U.S. mission that led to the death of ISIS leader Abu Bakr. By the way, I already see it, ladies and gentlemen. These phony correspondents in the Middle East already trashing the state of Israel because they took out a murderous terrorist, a commander of the Islamic Jihad of Palestine, who's sending missiles into their cities, and they dared to defend themselves. What the hell? If missiles were coming into our country from Cuba or Venezuela or Mexico, would be sitting on our thumbs? And I watched this one jerk, and I can't mention his name because apparently we work at the same network. This one jerk marching around in the Gaza Strip, Gaza City, and trust me, he couldn't do that if they didn't think he was speaking for them, and he sure sounds like he is. That Israel's assassination of this leader caused the problem. Really? No, no, no. I think those missiles being fired into Israel over the last several weeks that our media have not reported because they got headlines about crap, like Ann Coulter's position, like we're all sitting at the edge of our chair in bated breath, salad. Oh, really? Really? Media have gone nuts, and not just the old media, some of the new media. Let me go on. Silence on economic success, despite record highs in the stock market. 50-year low in the unemployment rate. The president's handing of the economy was given a stingy four minutes, six seconds of airtime during these six weeks. Four minutes, six seconds on network TV. There's your headline. And boosting Biden. When it came to his Ukraine dealings, Biden has received the best press of his campaign. 71% positive. As some journalists repeated a mantra that there's no evidence of any wrongdoing. ABC's John Carl. While others traveled to the Ukraine to make the same point. And on and on and on. But we know it. We know how corrupt the old media is. And how corrupt some of the new media are becoming. We're well aware of this. More when I return. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty, with more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. 
Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S, dot hillsdale, dot edu. Welcome to Hillsdale. He's driving the media mad. Mark Levin, call in with your outrage. 877-381-3811. You know, in 1976, when I worked in the Republican primary in Pennsylvania for Ronald Reagan against Gerald Ford, I don't remember any of these people, Ann Coulter, people in talk radio, people with websites. I don't remember any of these people doing a damn thing. I don't know who they were, and I don't know where they were. Same in 1980. As a young guy. Same thing. When I was in law school and decided to run for the school board in my area to fight off the NEA, massive property tax increases, liberal curriculum. I don't remember any of these people. I don't give a damn what they have to say about anything. This kind of group think. We conservatives, if we're anything, we're independent. Oh, Ann Coulter says, gives a crap. For any, Let any of them say it. I mean, I, I see these sites, all of them. This one says this, this one says that. Who cares? We can think for ourselves. When I served eight years in the Reagan administration, I don't remember any of these people. I don't remember them lifting a finger for this country. Not a finger. 2010, when the Tea Party, grassroots, rose up. Rose up in spite of these people. And I could go on. The issue is liberty. And what you're going to see tomorrow in the committee in the House of Representatives is a spectacle. A Roman circus. A Greek Coliseum. A Roman Coliseum. With cameras and click, click, clicks and an excitement for the media, an excitement for the Democrats, an excitement for the Trump haters, an excitement for those who hate our republic. Oh, they're going to be thrilled. And they're going to expose themselves, all of them. And people are exposing themselves every day. Damnest thing. People who you thought were okay, they expose themselves. These are the times that try men's souls. These are the times. And you're seeing what's taking place. Russia, Ukraine, special counsel, impeachment, day in, day out. Trying to destroy this man, his administration, undermining this republic. And just remember, an unfreedom of the press. A recent study by the nonpartisan Harvard Kennedy School Shorenstein Center on Media, Politics, and Public Policy suggests not certainly with regard to the president of Donald Trump, On May 18, 2017, the center issued a comprehensive analysis of news coverage of the first 100 days of the Trump administration. Now, we're well beyond that. But the first 100 days when a president gets a honeymoon, Trump got none of it. I quote from their report, Trump's attacks on the press have been aimed at what he calls the mainstream media. Six of the seven U.S. outlets in our study 
CBS, CNN, NBC, The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, The Washington Post. Among those he's attacked by name. All six portrayed Trump's first 100 days in highly unfavorable terms. Hadn't even done anything. CNN and NBC's coverage were the most unrelenting. Negative stories about Trump outpaced positive ones by 13 to 1 on the two networks, CNN and NBC. Trump's coverage on CBS also exceeded the 90% negative mark. Trump's coverage exceeded the 80% negative level in the New York Times, 87%. Washington Post, 83%. Wall Street Journal, 70%. A difference largely attributable to the journal's more frequent and more favorable economic coverage. Fox News was the only outlet where Trump's overall coverage nearly crept into positive territory. 52% negative, 48% positive. And of course, those who are negative on that network get all the headlines. Oh, wow. What are we going to do without this guy? Oh, what are we going to do? Now, Fox's coverage was 34 percentage points less negative than the average of the other six combined. And that's why they hate Fox. Trump's coverage during his first 100 days was not merely negative in overall terms. It was unfavorable on every dimension, they wrote. This is Harvard. There was not a single major topic where Trump's coverage was more positive than negative. From day one to today. Now they're going to bring in the bureaucrats from the State Department who don't like the fact that the President of the United States went around them. It's their department, not the President's. The hell with the election. Apparently the media agree. They're going to give their opinions. They're going to say what they overheard. They're going to have double, triple hearsay. Doesn't matter. Perfectly fine. No problem. Incredible. Disgusting. An impeachment inquiry. Now, any news organization that is a serious news organization, whether of the old media, network TV, and newspapers, whether the mildly old media, cable, whether the new media on the Internet, one form or another, if they're real news organizations... Their headlines and their concerns should be about the manner in which Schiff, Pelosi, and the Democrats in the House have obstructed the American people during the course of secret testimony in the bowels of the House of Representatives behind a bolted locked door. They should have blaring headlines, marquees, about the manner in which The manner in which the Republicans have not been able to call witnesses. They should have blaring signals. Reminding the American people. Reminding the American people. That the President's counsel has not been present. That the man being accused, his lawyer hasn't even been present. And they should be telling the American people the name of the whistleblower, the background of the whistleblower, the fact that the law does not even refer to an individual like this as a whistleblower, the fact that the whistleblower statute doesn't even apply to the President of the United States. And that they've done none of these things. Not one. 
None of them. The rare moment that they make a mistake and they might hint to it, they talk about, oh, the Republicans are discussing process. Process. Now, when it comes to process for mass murders, cop killers, terrorists, habeas corpus, and so forth, when it comes to process on waterboarding, you never hear the end of them. You never hear the end of them. Squealing like a bunch of hyena. But when it comes to process for the President of the United States, you hear them. They're celebrating the tyrants and their fascistic processes. Remember, you've got to watch tomorrow and beyond with the right mindset. The mindset of somebody who believes in liberty and justice. The right mindset, somebody who believes in the Constitution. You're going to hear the left refer to the Constitution. They hate the framers of the Constitution. They hate the founders of this country. How many times have they told us that they were slave owners? White slave owners. Meaning, not a damn's worth of good came out of them. And they live each and every day trying to figure out how to get around the Constitution's firewalls. And they've been enormously successful thanks to a pliant Supreme Court, which may well rule that Barack Milhouse Benito Obama, when he issued a decree on DACA, was acting constitutionally, and when the President of the United States, Donald Trump, reversed him, And said, no, that that's an illegitimate act by the prior president. That he, in undoing what the prior president did, is the one acting unconstitutionally. If the United States Supreme Court does that, it will never, ever have any ounce of credibility. Again, barely has it now. Barely has it now. Maybe I'll have to write another book on the Supreme Court and the genius justices. There's a handful. The other handful are a joke. You watch this tomorrow. The minute Adam Schiff uses his gavel, you're going to see the silent coup coming forth yet again. They couldn't take down the President of the United States with 96% negative media attacks. They couldn't take down the President of the United States with lies endlessly about Russia collusion. They couldn't take down the President of the United States with a criminal investigation by an illegally appointed special counsel. They couldn't take down this President of the United States with a phony report that the head special counsel couldn't even understand. The Mueller report. They couldn't take the President of the United States down with the Mueller testimony. He took himself down. That is Mueller. They couldn't take the President of the United States down with phony allegations of obstruction. With the Nadler hearings in the House of Representatives. And now, a Ukraine phone call. Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff. A man who represents the modern-day Soviet injustice system. They use him to try and take down a sitting president of the United States. History. History. 
Well, long note. Well, long note. What these coup leaders did. But that does us damn little good today. So when you watch these hearings, and you watch the way the media cover it, and you watch the way the websites run with their little links and their headlines, just remember, those who are advocating on behalf of this are advocating against you, the Constitution, the Office of the Presidency, and justice. Basic justice. And no, my brother Andy McCarthy, I'm not talking about criminal law and a court of law. You know, the funny thing about due process, the funny thing about the Bill of Rights, the funny thing about the founding of this country came before the criminal code. That is, these principles pre-exist, long pre-exist, any criminal code in this country. I say that with all due respect to my brother Andy, too, by the way. He's wonderful. He's not my actual brother, but he's a wonderful, wonderful fellow. I'll be right back. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. He's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. Maybe I'll lead a damn revolution. No, 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 not physical. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll be the resistance to all this crap. So they have to deal with us. We did it with the Tea Party. We did it with the Reagan Revolution. You saw the Trump Revolution. We don't have to sit here and take this crap. I love it when they say the nation's so divided. We live our lives. We leave people alone. They keep trying to smack us around, take our money, push our kids around. Undermine our nation, rip the Constitution from our hands, and finally we speak out. We push back. And the nation's divided, don't you know? It's divided. Well, okay, it's divided between those of us who are believers in liberty and those who believe clearly in tyranny. And that's what you're going to see tomorrow. It's not an impeachment hearing. It's a tyranny hearing. I repeat, it's a tyranny hearing. That's what it is. Andrew Johnson, Richard Nixon, Bill Clinton, these were serious efforts. By the way, I want to thank all you Levinites out there. 
And I want to thank my buddy Brian over at Right Scoop. I don't know how this all got up. It's fine by me. Sunday night. Thanks to you Levinites. On radio, on podcasting, online. On digital TV. On social media. Life, Liberty, and Levin at 8 p.m. Eastern Time Sunday night was the highest rated show. On all of cable news. All of cable news. On Sunday night. No, not just Sunday night. Sunday, Mr. Producer tells me. All day Sunday. And by the way, MSLSD and the Constipated News Network, the top nine shows on Sunday were all on Fox. Top nine. Life, Liberty, and Levin. Fox and Friends. Fox and Friends. Sunday Morning Futures. The Next Revolution. Fox and Friends, Media Buzz, America's News Headquarters with Ed Henry, Fox and Friends. Wow. Now, we had over 1.7 million viewers at 8 p.m. on Sunday. On a holiday weekend. With a damn good football game going on. That's because of you. You patriots. We've only just begun. And I haven't even had any raisinets yet, Mr. Producer. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. They want him over there at NBC and meet the depressed. They want him over there at CBS and all the depressed. But he sticks with me. He's loyal. He's not Ann Coulter. But anyway, I have tomorrow's headlines, Mr. Producer. Well, they don't really exist, but I'm writing them now because it's just a matter of writing the headlines and then filling in the rest of the testimony. Ambassador What's-Her-Face. Well, she's not up to the next day. Ambassador What's-Her-Face contradicts the President of the United States. Says, in fact, there was a quid pro quo. In fact, they used irregular channels, back channels, through Rudolph Giuliani to try and remove the ambassador of the Uni- from the United States to Ukraine, even though she was an Obama holdover. It didn't much matter. 3,500 years of outstanding experience as a civil servant and a leftist over there at the Department of State, over there at Foggy Bottom. Nobody dares go around the Department of State. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. President Washington did. He actually went around Jefferson with John Jay, among others. But, hey, American people don't understand that. Why bother them? They don't even know who the hell John Jay was. All right. Perfectly fine. And there was another. Another witness who was a witness to nothing. We have witnesses who are witnesses to nothing. But they have opinions. And they were appalled. Absolutely appalled that the President of the United States would try to enlist the Ukrainian government to investigate what took place in 2016. As reported, as reported by Politico, left-wing website, by the New York Times, 
left-wing, Holocaust-denying newspaper. Nonetheless, the president cannot call on a foreign government to insist with an investigation, even though the United States Department of Justice and the FBI do it all the time. No, that's an impeachable offense. Then we have Joe Biden, corrupt as hell, his brother, his son, everybody with their hand in the pot. We have Hunter Biden, but he's innocent. Anderson Cooper announced several weeks ago during the Democrat debates that Hunter Biden is an innocent man. And how does Anderson Cooper know? Don't you dare question a man, a man whose height of journalism was interviewing Stormy Daniels. You never question Anderson Cooper. Yes. And who else? And then we're going to have Yovanovitch, if that is her name, the former ambassador to Ukraine under Obama. You never, ever, ever, never question anybody who worked for Obama. You never question Obama, whether it's Michelle, whether it's Barack, it doesn't matter. They're Obamas, sort of like whistleblowers. You never question them. And so now we have three public servants, three of the noblest people to ever work, walk on the planet. Three people with no axes to grind. Three people who are just outstanding, just trying to do their jobs, just trying to protect this country. Up against a loathsome, dictatorially, mentally unhinged, Nixonian, Hitlerian, Stalinist figure in the Oval Office. And they say, these Trumpists, that we shouldn't impeach, that we don't have grounds to impeach. Of course we do. One legal analyst said... Based on this testimony alone, it's abundantly clear, said this legal analyst, who's been wrong about everything. Doesn't matter. He's newsworthy. And this legal analyst, who will be linked on websites all across the country, this legal analyst said, look, the President of the United States committed a crime. And what crime would that be, legal analyst? Well, he actually wanted something of value, help in his election, in exchange for government funds. Are you an idiot, legal analyst? Is that extortion? Quid pro- Are you an idiot? And anyway, he is an idiot, but it doesn't matter. He's a legal analyst. And therefore, we must listen to everything he has to say. Especially when his comments are blaring all over the internet. Wow, what a genius. And this legal analyst, whether it be Dan Abrams, whether it be Jeff Tubin, whether it be fill in the blank, yuck, yuck, yuck. We know. None of them know what the hell they're talking about. Not one of them. Now, how do we know? They were wrong throughout the phony Russia collusion scandal. They are mouthpieces. That's all they are. And yes, those are the headlines, ladies and gentlemen, after the testimony tomorrow. Oh, more. More headlines. The Republicans trying to obstruct the impeachment proceeding of the great Adam Schiff. The Louis Brandeis of our time. Or is it Oliver Wendell Holmes? Oh, yes. Or is it Joseph's story? Oh, yes, yes. The, the marshal of our times, the great Adam Schiff. Don't interfere. Adam Schiff's trying to get to the truth. And these bastard Republicans, they want, they want to expose the whistleblower to threats. The whistleblower. Oh, my God, the whistleblower. This great patriot. What's his name? Never before has such a great patriot come forward to do such a courageous thing. Who is it? I don't know. What's his name? Can't mention his name? No. Everybody knows his name. Why can't I mention his name? Because he'll be threatened. 
All you have to do is go on the internet. What do you mean I'll be threatened? No. Can't, can't question what's his name, the whistleblower. His name is Eric Shimarella. Did you say Eric Shimarella? I did. Oh, well, let's get those guillotines working again. What do you mean? Don't ever mention Eric Shimarella. Facebook says they will ban you. Twitter says they will ban you. I looked at the headlines over there and the various websites, the Drudge Report. Eric Shimarella's not there. Why? Well, Ann Coulter's there. Oh, excuse me. Now I understand. Got it. Got it. Okay, those damn Republicans, they want to hear from the whistleblower. No, they can't. Only Adam Schiff and his staff get to hear from the whistleblower. Only the New York Times and the Washington Post get to hear from the whistleblower. Only CNN and MSNBC, not the American people. Oh, okay. I was confused. I was confused. Adam Schiff gets to decide what witnesses are called, the subjects they can be questioned on, whether or not they will appear so the American people can make a decision about their own government. Adam Schiff of Los Angeles, he will make the decision. And he will be backed up by Nancy Pelosi of San Francisco. And they'll both be backed up by Gerald Nadler. Jerry, Jerry, did you shower today? By Gerald Nadler of New York City, well represented of the American people, from sea to shining sea, from fecal matter to fecal matter, in the streets of these various Democrat-run cities, from Needletown to Needletown, in the streets of these various Democrat-run cities. That's correct. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Yes, these Republicans. These re- and by the way, these Senate Republicans, do they not make you throw up on your shoes? Oh, Romney. He'll get the headline. Romney. Oh, that's right. Romney, you saw the hearings. What did you think? Well, I'm very deeply troubled. Condoleezza Wright. Very deeply troubled. Peggy Noonan. Very deeply troubled. Wow. They're deeply troubled. Something must be amiss over there at Foggy Bottom. Including their bottoms. Who has a foggy bottom? But anyway, those are your headlines for the week. Yes, conspiracy. Quid pro quo. You'll hear the word extortion and obstruction and cover-up. The Constitution will be mentioned repeatedly by those who reject it. The rule of law, they're going to tell you. Crimes were committed. Extortion. Yes, we must remove this man from the Oval Office. We must do so. Because we do not want economic growth. We do not want to secure our borders. We do not want to respect our uh, law enforcement. We do not want to build up our military. We do not want originalists on the court. No, 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 no. We want a wealth tax. 90% marginal rate. Open borders. Eliminate ICE. No more detention centers. That's right. We want a Supreme Court stuffed with more radical Marxists. We want to eviscerate our military. We want to put law enforcement in jail and empty our jails of criminals. Oh, yes. We, the modern Democrat Party, the party of the future, the future of hell. I'll be right back. Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. 
It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. What does that little uh, helter-skelter, Brian Stelter BS, what, what is his show, Reliable Sources? I want to congratulate him. He was number 11 on Sunday with um, less than uh, 50% of my audience. Gets all this attention. He's got no ratings, no audience. It's, it's a pathetic joke. A pathetic joke. I'll tell you what's, what's interesting. And I, I wouldn't go through these with you, but you may find them interesting. The, um, the rerun of my show, of Life, Liberty, and Levin at 11 p.m., beat the rerun of Meet the Press on MSNBC. I'm telling you, people are sick of these outlets. Can you imagine if I had a Sunday news show, Mr. Producer, going up against Meet the Depressed and Deface the Nation and whatever the hell the other one is? I think we'd destroy them. Absolutely destroy them. I actually let people speak. You want to get into a mud wrestling match, you watch these other shows, quite frankly. And so uh, I'm just looking here. Oh, the impeachment special on MSNBC was number 19 with 693,000 viewers at 9 p.m. That's prime time. The best they could do was number 19, 693,000 viewers at, at 9 p.m. Again, we had over 1.7 million at 8 p.m. on Fox. Now, what were they running at 8 p.m. on MSLSD? KCDC. What the hell is KCDC? Is that another loser, phony reporter, Mr. Producer? Who's Casey Hunt? She's a reporter? What else were they running at 8 p.m. on Sunday up against moi? CNN Newsroom. I didn't know they had a newsroom. I thought they had a propaganda room. I'm just saying. What else is going on here? Looking. Nothing. Now, at the bottom of the hour, after the bottom of the hour, I want to talk to you about a piece that was in uh, the news, so-called. And uh, about what took place in Virginia. And they say what took place in Virginia last Tuesday is going to take place in a variety of red states that are going to go purple and blue. And this is not from a conservative side or anything else. And this is something we've been talking about a long time. Uh, And it's because, in large part, immigration. And they admit it. They admit it. And so I want to talk about that. We're also going to talk about what's taking place in Israel later. But what's been going on in in these various states, just to set it up for after the uh, bottom of the hour, is that immigration is being used for political purposes, to bring in as many Democrats as possible. Now, you already know this. 
But for the lib media to admit it, that's, that's pretty remarkable, don't you think? I forget if it was the Washington Post or what the newspaper was. Can you see if you can find that from yesterday, Mr. Producer? It will be on our links list. I send these things to Rich, who holds on them and then sends them back to me about an hour or two before the show so I can review them a second time. Oh, actually, it was Town Hall. And it's an excellent piece by Scott Moorfeld, or is it Field? Ever since its citizens liked Ike in 52, with a hiccup for LBJ, the Commonwealth of Virginia voted reliably Republican until 2008. That year, in a wave election, Democrat Barack Obama won several states Republicans typically win, like Florida, North Carolina, and Arizona. One could have been forgiven, then, for thinking Virginia would come back to the fold after the hipness wore off. The cold, hard reality of quasi-socialist governance became all too real. After all, this is the old dominion we're talking about, the land of Monticello and Williamsburg, of Washington, Jefferson, Madison, and more prominent founding Americans than anywhere else. From Nathaniel Bacon to George Mason to Patrick Henry and countless more, freedom and resistance to tyranny have been an indelible part of that great state's heritage. But sadly, the blue never wore off and only grew deeper and more dominant. Until last week, when the tiniest tint of red faded into the darkness like the latest sunset of a dying man never to return. That's right, folks. With a Democratic governor, lieutenant governor, and attorney general, both United States senators, seven out of 11 representatives and now both state houses, <coughs> the Commonwealth of Virginia is now officially a blue state on par with the socialist dystopias of California, New York, and New England. It's been a long time coming, albeit a slow, gradual march to the abyss. The land of the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, and uh, Semper Tyrannus has now become the land of the snowflakes and social justice wars. Actually, the land of the Declaration of Independence, Mr. Producer, would be Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. But who's, who's counting? <coughs> Which leaves many wondering, how on earth did this happen? How on earth did this happen? Virginia's farm-born population nearly doubled from 2000 to 2017, notes Laura Ingram. These immigrants are mostly concentrated in northern Virginia. Fairfax County, Loudoun County, Prince William County, outside of D.C. They're altering the demographic makeup of the state. And the Washington Post of other, uh, and others have pointed out the electorate. The Washington Post notes that a full third of Fairfax County's population is now comprised of foreign-born individuals, a third. Half of the elementary school students there speak a foreign language at home. And since immigrants are more likely to vote Democrat, this, of course, has dragged the electorate to the left. That's a fact. Now, as much as the left wishes to curb discussion about such things, Ingram's not lying. The Hispanic percentage of Virginia's population alone went from 7.9% in 2010 to 9.6% in 2018, accounting for almost half the state's overall population growth during that time. While most are undoubtedly good people, hard workers, solid economic contributors, the fact that they come from big government countries with little regard for personal freedom makes them more likely, sadly, to vote for such policies in their new country. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. And I would add, the fact that there's no real assimilation into our culture, into our belief system, in our schools and universities, and certainly by our media and the Democrat Party is really a huge problem. 
Exiting polls show that 60 to 70% of them uh, do, without fail, uh, vote election after election. Such voting behaviors, of course, are likely over time to lend themselves to turning their new homes into the same sort of hellholes they left. But for whatever reason, most are either unable or unwilling to see the tragic irony. Hispanics and other immigrants aren't the only factors, of course. Northern Virginia has experienced an exodus of people seeking an escape from the bleak economic conditions of both Maryland and Washington, D.C. They, too, fail to see the irony as they poison their new home with the same failed policies as their old ones. Either way, demographics will always be destiny. That's a great way to put it. Demographics will be destiny. It's a fact the left has understood for decades, but Republicans have either failed to see or feared to point out. Well, I guess, Mark, we don't have to listen after the bottom of the hour. You just hit the sub. No, I laid the foundation. There's very, very important points to make related to this. I hope you'll stick with me. We'll be right back. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. You know, when the choice is between bad and worse, it's time to look for a better alternative. The two drug pricing bills we've been following are the Grassley-Wyden bill in the Senate and the Pelosi plan in the House. If you like government, you like rationing, you like long lines, you're going to love these bills. The Senate one is bad, but Pelosi's is even worse, as you can imagine. Either plan, if passed, would be the first step towards a whole host of backward socialist policies. Both plans contain price controls on drugs, which effectively gives government the power to dictate prices. But in the real world, price controls will threaten seniors' access to their prescription drugs. Price controls will also destroy innovation by severely cutting the investments needed for the next breakthrough treatments. And fortunately, there's some good news. That is, the Republican-controlled Senate is not likely to take up the Pelosi pan, even if it passes the House. And in the Senate, some principled Republicans are speaking out against the Grassley-Wyden bill. Let's hope there's more of them. Let's hope so. But all Senate Republicans need to stand up for sound, principled health care reform and not embrace leftist policies that lead to government-run socialized health care. Get the facts. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com, TrueHealthCareFacts.com, TrueHealthCareFacts.com. Now, we were talking about immigration. This is one of the reasons the Democrats want to destroy the president. He's figured them out. It's one of the reasons people like Romney and Collins and Lisa Murkowski want to destroy this president. They're not affected so much in Alaska, Maine, and Utah as people in Texas, Florida, Arizona, Virginia, and so forth. I have an entire chapter on immigration and life, excuse me, in liberty and tyranny. <clears throat> I went back and looked at it last night. This book is ten and a half years old. And when I finished writing it, it was eleven years old. Claremont Institute's senior fellow and California State University professor Edwin Erler Reflecting Aristotle's observation writes, quote, listen to this, this is a very, very important quote. 
a radical change in the character of the citizens would be tantamount to a regime change, just as surely as a revolution in its political principles. That's what's already occurred. A radical change in the character of the citizens would be tantamount to a regime change just as surely as a revolution in its political principles. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, reddish, purplish states that are hanging by a thread. Florida. Arizona may already be gone. Texas is moving into that category. Georgia's moving into that category. There are no firewalls left. None. There are no political firewalls left. Meanwhile, these blue states are really, really blue and getting bluer. They're becoming pink, if you get my drift. Do you expect New York ever to go red in your lifetime? Hmm? How about California? How about New Jersey? No, you don't. Do you know Ronald Reagan won all those states in 1984? And certainly more. Do you know George H.W. Bush won California when he ran against Dukakis? It's true. Do you know Ronald Reagan couldn't get elected governor today in California, <clears throat> let alone get their popular and electoral votes? And when Reagan won these massive landslides, the Democrats made a decision that wasn't going to happen again. Their policies cannot attract the public. So they need to change the public. A radical change in the character of the citizens would be tantamount to a regime change just as surely as a revolution in its political uh, positions, in its uh, political principles. Theodore White is a late author. He was a liberal Democrat, but he he was an observer of presidential elections. He wrote about these presidential elections, every presidential cycle. And he wrote that the Immigration Act of 1965 changed all previous patterns and in so doing probably changed the future of America. He said it was a noble, it was noble and revolutionary and probably the most thoughtless of the many acts of the great society. That's what the great society did. The 1960 Cesar Chavez, one of the founders of the United Farm Workers Union, vehemently opposed illegal immigration, arguing it undermined his efforts to unionize farm workers and improve working conditions and wages for American citizen workers. The UFW even reported illegal immigrants to the Immigration and Naturalization Service. In 1969, Chavez led a march accompanied by Ralph Abernathy, president of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, and he had been uh, Martin Luther King's right-hand man, and Senator Walter Mondo along the border with Mexico protesting farmers' use of illegal immigrants. American labor unions used to fight illegal immigration. Now they use it to increase their numbers. It's all true. Rather than Americanize aliens, as I write, 
and use public and private institutions to inculcate them with the virtues of American culture, language, mores, history, traditions, and customs. The status is cultivating a cultural relativism, which the cultures from which the aliens fled are given equal accord with the American culture. But all cultures are not equal, as evidenced in part by the alien fleeing his own country, again, this is 11 years ago, for the American culture. And the American citizen, staying put. It is normal and healthy for ethnic groups to celebrate their diverse heritages, Columbus Day, St. Patrick's Day, etc. And they have since the nation's founding. Most large cities have a Chinatown, Little Italy, and Germantown. Many of these ethnic neighborhoods, the old language is still spoken, especially among the older generations. But neither the heritage nor home language of the individual has ever competed with the American culture for dominance. The history of immigration in the United States up to now has been of assimilation. George Washington, in his 1796 farewell address to the nation, quote, quote, Citizens either by birth or choice of a common country, that country has the right to concentrate your affections. The name of American, which belongs to you in your national capacity, must always exalt the just pride of patriotism more than any appellation derived from local discriminations. In other words, you're to be a patriot. A, a person who is thrilled to be an American. For more than two centuries, individuals with diverse backgrounds have come together to form a national melting pot. In harmonious society, sustained by allegiance to the country and its founding principles. But today's open-ended mass migration, coupled with the destructive influences of biculturalism, multiculturalism, bilingualism, multilingualism, dual citizenship, and affirmative action, have combined to form the building blocks of a different kind of society, where aliens are taught to hold tightly to their former cultures and language, balkanization grows, Antagonism and conflict are aroused, and victimhood is claimed at perceived slights. If a nation does not show and teach respect for its own identity, principles, and institutions, that corrosive attitude is conveyed to the rest of the world, including newly arriving aliens. And if this is unchecked, the nation will ultimately cease to exist. The status has been accustomed to sending immigration policy without notice from the American people. But the people are now witnesses to the events and costs associated with the current state of immigration in their own communities. They've made clear they want some order brought to the chaos. The evidence and prudence guide the conservatives' priorities, which include... Let's see here. I just had this written down. I'm working on it. Let's see. The evidence and prudence guide the conservatives' priorities, which includes securing the borders to prevent not only illegal aliens from crossing into the United States, but criminals and terrorists as well. Enforcing current immigration laws, including fining and prosecuting businesses that hire illegal aliens, deporting newly apprehended illegal aliens, and deporting aliens who overstay their visas, denying sanctuary cities federal funds for contributing to lawless behavior, English and assimilation promoted in all the nation's institutions, not bilingualism and multiculturalism, 
limits, I said limits, on the number of aliens admitted into the country to allow for workable assimilation. And the denial of most social services to illegal aliens to deter their migration to the United States. The elimination of chain migration and birthright citizenship, which put the aliens' desires before society's well-being. As is his practice, the status engages in tactics intended to proscribe debate. Those who dissent from his immigration policies are often characterized as exclusionists, nativists, xenophobes, or even racists. The neo-status, like many who write all these years at the Wall Street Journal editorial, which has always favored open borders of the Koch brothers and their ilk, the neo-status offers no alternative to the status quo and condemns the conservative for not going along. He not only accommodates balkanization, but panders to it. Think of Romney and Collins and Murkowski, among others. But the good citizen contributes to the social cohesion of the civil society for his own benefit and the benefit of that society. And he expects his government to do the same. And we believe that to the extent immigration could be applied to that purpose, it's desirable. But when it is not, it is destructive of those ends. Just 11 years ago, and so much has changed. Half a dozen states or more have flipped. Half a dozen states or more have flipped. And if the Democrats take power in the Senate and hold the House and take the presidency, say goodbye to Texas and Florida, say goodbye to capitalism and private property rights. Say goodbye to an honest judiciary with integrity and objectivity. Say goodbye to the most powerful military on the face of the earth. We will be replaced by the Chinese. Say goodbye to your local police departments because nobody's going to want to sign up. Just say goodbye. And there's no state that you can escape to when they control the levers of federal power. I'll be right back. Taking my little Barney in tomorrow and Thursday is the big day for a little sonogram. Check out his liver. Our fingers are crossed here. You know how I am about dogs, and he is a fantastic bundle of joy. We adopted him from Lost Dog and Cat, our wonderful local no-kill um, uh, place, and uh, which I support and I'm so fond of. And uh, you know, Barney was dropped off, the best I can know, by somebody at a kill pound. I believe it was in West Virginia. It might have been South Carolina. And they killed them within 48 hours. Some of these places used to gas them. Or they give them the needle or whatever. And this is why I admire lost dog and cat so much. Mr. Producer, if you, please please go ahead and link to them, by the way, on my social sites. This is fantastic. And there are many across the country. But this is the one that I, I'm associated with. Because they've been so wonderful. And Pam, who runs it, is so wonderful. 
And so they took their van and they picked up a bunch of dogs, seven of them. And Barney was among them. He was three, three and a half years old. He's uh, about 11 now. He's got a lot of energy. But I noticed, and I notice carefully, I keep an eye on our dogs, Marty and Barney, and he wasn't feeling well, he wasn't acting himself. And the original blood numbers concerned us last week, and they're taking the numbers again. My uh, vet, Chris Hushin, over at Old uh, Vet, just terrific. Old Mill Vet <clears throat> in uh, Leesburg. Why do I mention these people? Because I think they're outstanding, and they can help a lot of other people. And so we're hoping the numbers will be down. Uh, We'll see. And fingers crossed. So my wife likes to say, don't worry until you have to. That's just not the way I I am, unfortunately. So we'll check them out. I'll let you know what we find out. If it's not good, I will fight like hell to save them. If it is good, well, we'll just keep plugging along. I think it'll be good. Let me say that. You know, computer systems and cars are the new normal. From electronically controlled transmissions to touchscreen displays to dozens of sensors. But all this advanced tech is expensive uh, to fix if and when it breaks. That's why I have CarShield and we have it on our 2010 Camaro, as I've told you. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield has helped over 1 million customers. So drive with confidence, knowing you've got coverage from America's number one auto protection provider, CarShield. Whether you have 5,000 or 150,000 miles on your vehicle, it's inevitable something will break. Get covered by CarShield today. Please call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000. Mention code LEVIN. Or visit carshield.com, that's carshield.com, and use code LEVIN, that's L-E-V-I-N. Either way, whether you call us or go on the internet, you'll save 10% with code LEVIN. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN, <coughs> excuse me, or give us a call at 800-CAR-6000, code LEVIN, a deductible may apply. Mr. Producer, the first caller of the night, it's got to be a doozy, a leftist, a rightist, Irregular, regular American? To whom shall I speak, sir? WFDM Lee in Indianapolis, one of my favorite cities, by the way. How are you, Lee? I am very well. Thank you, Denali, and hope you're well, too. Thank you. Just the uh, uh, asthma kicking in a little bit here, but we're doing our best. Go right ahead. Excellent. Quick question for you. Yes, yes. Do you think that the judiciary is basically creating a second-class presidency? I I think the judiciary is creating a first-class judiciary. In other words, when it decides to take on an issue, uh, it basically finds ways, not too clever these days, to pervert the Constitution, to twist history, and to cherry-pick briefs to advance a cause. If you look at most of the cultural-slash-social issues in our country, the judiciary has decided to nationalize those issues. Uh, including same-sex marriage, if you will. There were two, three opinions leading up to that, starting with Lawrence and Scalia warned. Scalia warned this would take place. 
And so did others. And it took place. So I think for the judiciary, the judiciary looks out for the judiciary. Otherwise, you would have district judges now ruling against the leftist effort to take the president's taxes, which has no basis in fact. And these other things they do to undermine the Trump presidency. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You can already see the headlines. I did my own. But you can already see the headlines on the media aggregating posts, sites, for tomorrow. And there hasn't even been a word of public testimony. Adam Schiff says bribery is an impeachable offense. Really? Well, then we should impeach Joe Biden retroactively. What are you talking about, Mark? Isn't it fascinating that Hunter Biden is not relevant to this hearing, and yet he's in the phone call, and yet they wave their fingers around and say this is a reason for impeachment, but there's no reason to know what Hunter Biden actually did, ladies and gentlemen. The media are corrupt, and I mean the media, and I mean a lot of the new media are utterly corrupt. Right, Ann Coulter? I think Ann Coulter certainly agree with me, wouldn't she? She believes Trump needs to go. Peggy Noonan thinks Trump maybe should go, too. Well, then, I guess I'll have to change my mind. Aren't you persuaded, ladies and gentlemen? Oh. Oh, yes. And if you attack Trump, you will be promoted in the media. This is how it works. This is how it works. It's a pylon. Here's some of the links that I would post. And maybe, you know, should I start an aggregating site myself, Mr. Producer? Are there other people doing it? Let's wait and see. I hear there's, there's one buddy of mine that's really working on it. And if he works on it, we're going to have them on the program. Maybe we'll promote it a little bit. You know, I believe in competition. I really do. Not just for oil companies and food companies, but in the media. Competition's a good thing, I think. Here's one. PJ Media, Eric Caramella. That would be the phony whistleblower. I didn't see it linked. Here's another one. Analysis. Democrats have a Colonel Vindman problem by Byron York. I didn't see it linked. Here's one, Fox News, whistleblower attorney defends coup tweet as Trump calls for impeachment probe shut. I didn't see that. Did you see that? I didn't see it. Our friends at Breitbart, here's one, Biden, zero rationale for a hunter to testify. This is classic Trump. I didn't see that linked. New York Post, yes, a fair impeachment inquiry would question Hunter, but where's that one? Didn't see that linked. Nope. Here's what I did see. Politico. There's a surprisingly plausible path to removing Trump from office. 
Wow. Meanwhile, the political piece on Ukraine from January 2017, nobody wants to talk about that. Imagine that. Here's one in the Federalist, great website. The media holds a massive double standard about naming whistleblowers. Wow. I didn't see that linked either. Must not be news. Must not be news. Now, the House Intelligence Committee, you would think, would be focused on what's going on in the Middle East. Let me tell you some news. A U.N. investigator, inspector, found another nuclear processing site in Iran. In violation of the deal, they are supposed to at least haphazardly be following with the Europeans. Netanyahu pointed out this site, but nobody believed him. Why? Well, he's a Jew. What do you want? You know, it's just the way it is. The media don't, you know, they don't trust him over there. You know, it's Netanyahu, you know, apartheid. Uh, But the UN, of course, we trust all the time. And not only that, they took that inspector into custody, the Iranians. Uh, There was a hearing on this. Did you see this, Mr. Producer, in the House Intelligence Committee? Oh, there wasn't a hearing. So let me get this straight. Iran has upped its nuclear efforts and is very, very close, ladies and gentlemen, to having a nuclear warhead put on an ICBM. And our House Intelligence Committee is focused on destroying our president and our media are focused on destroying our president. That's not the headline about Iran. No. What else? Well, BDS. Boycott, divestment, and sanctions against Israel. In other words, economically destroy Israel. Part of an international anti-Semitic movement. In BDS victory, top European court rules, settlement products must be labeled. Excuse me? So this European court, the the European Union, you would think they'd be very careful about this. The home of the Third Reich and so forth. They have ruled that Israeli goods produced over the pre-1967 line, that would be in Judea and Samaria, primarily, which are the ancestral grounds and territories of the Jews, among other places, must be labeled as what? Products from occupied territory. What? This is a court Mandate such labeling in all 28 European Union member states for the first time. Foodstuffs originating in territories occupied by the state of Israel must bear the indication of their territory of origin accompanied where those foodstuffs come from a locality or a group of localities constituting an Israeli settlement within that territory by the indication of the provenance the Court of Justice of the European Union said. To chip off the old UN block. It clarified that the word settlement would now have to be included on consumer labels for Israeli goods produced in East Jerusalem and the Golan Heights, as well as settlements in Judea and Samaria. Pre-1967 borders, and I might add, territories and borders of Israel going back well over 3,500 years. Long before there was a European Union. The ruling is binding 
and action can be taken against countries that do not comply with the ruling. The decision was handed down, is binding on every member state of the European Union, all 28. It's up to the EU or any institution, such as the Commission, to introduce proceedings if a member state does not abide by this rule. Israel opposed the labeling, warning that it abets the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement and can be used as a tool to boycott Israel. You know, I must say, ladies and gentlemen, so much of Europe has yet to fully shake this stench of anti-Semitism. They have yet to fully shake it. They just can't shake it. Occupied territories. Let me ask you a question. Russia occupies Crimea, parts of Georgia, parts of Ukraine, just to name a few. Does this ruling apply to Russia? No. Of course not. China occupies Tibet. Does this ruling apply to China? No, 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 of course not. No, can't. No, no way. Oh. We can go throughout the world and look at quote-unquote occupations, real occupations. But the European Union is focused on the Jewish state. Easy pickings, you see. Tiny little country trying to survive. Now let me ask you another question. Over the last 24 to 36 hours, <coughs> excuse me, over the last 24 to 36 hours, as the news, the network news headlined that the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, which is an offshoot of Al-Qaeda, among other terrorist organizations, have fired over 200 rockets into civilian areas of Israel. I saw one individual, a loathsome, unconscionable POS, had a blue helmet, was in the Gaza area. They're only going to let a sympathetic journalist into the Gaza area. That is, Hamas and the Palestinian organization. And he basically blamed Israel for taking out one of the commanders of Islamic Jihad who had been organizing missile attacks on Israel and was organizing a massive terrorist attack on Israel. Israel got word of it and took him out. And the way this reporter reported it, it was Israel, their assassination of this commander, this Islamic Jihad commander, launched this current round of missiles being fired into Israel in a potential war. This is how Israel's covered. This is the way it's done in our media. You see what they do to Trump. You see what they do to conservatives. You see what they do to our founders. And you see what they do to the Jews. The New York Times. The Washington Post, among others. Let me just say this as a footnote as I move on here. I'm sick of dancing with the stars. Aren't you, Mr. Producer? Every day, dancing with the stars, you vote by texting this one and texting that and text and text and text this and that. I'm a fan of Sean Spicer, don't get me wrong, but I mean, my God. Here's the truth. No offense. Other than the professional dancers, nobody on that show knows how the hell to dance. Nobody. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Hello. I'm here. Mr. Producer. Do we have a good caller there? Do we have any trouble? No trouble. Where are all the liberals tonight? Are they drunk? Where, where, where are all the liberals tonight? I think it's a fair question. Nicole in Virginia. That doesn't tell me anything. Where in Virginia? I'm from Mineral Mark. Oh, what are you, how are you listening to us? Well, I listen on the internet at yes. WMAL because I don't think there's your show around here anywhere. I've never been able to get your show. In Mineral? Wow, I can't That's imagine. That's right. Sometimes we drive, and if it's after sunset, yeah. we can get WABC. Sometimes, even in yes. Canada, in Quebec, I've gotten you on WABC after sunset. Plus, you know, we have a podcast, too. Well, uh, yes, I know that. I have yes. the podcast. I replay yeah. you whenever I want. Uh-huh. Yeah. But God bless you. We love you here. Thank you. Where, where is Mineral, uh, Virginia? I well, don't even know where it is. Well, uh, between Richmond and Charlottesville. And really? it's uh, about maybe nine miles north of the 64 uh, oh. Interstate 64. And what is the main activity in Mineral, Virginia? Well, this is a very, very small, beautiful little town. I mean, uh, you know, they give you a free mailbox here because they have no mail delivery. And I think anywhere you live, you can walk to the post office. So that's how small it is. Well, when I move, that's how I pick a house, you know. There's one traffic light. <laughs> Maybe I should move there. Oh, that would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. There's lots of vacant lots here. Yeah, okay. It's, it's an old mineral town. There was a, a, a mineral, a mine here uh, be, be, when they started. A coal mine? Uh, um, no, not, I don't, it was minerals. And I, I don't know if it was 1860 or 1890, but it's in the 1800s. Well, wonderful, wonderful. You sound like a wonderful lady. So what's going on? Well, I wanted to talk to you about the the treatment of whistleblowers. You know, uh, Linda Tripp was a whistleblower, and I have not seen her being nicely treated like this guy is treated with kid gloves, this Eric somebody. And uh, even the, the Department of Defense, I think, retaliated against her and released some of the information in her personal files. She even sued them, and I think she won uh, something. Uh, but they You know, this is that. an outstanding point. Outstanding point. The hypocrisy, the double standard. Linda Tripp was mocked. She's made fun of on Saturday Night Live. They attacked her in the media. And you're exactly right. Why wasn't she considered a whistleblower? Well... She was supposed to be. She, she, officially, she was, because Lucian Goldberg said it. I heard her say it on TV. She said, they better be careful. She's a whistle, official whistleblower. Did the New York Times reveal her? Well, I don't read that paper. No, me neither, but I they don't. certainly used her name. They used her picture. I'm sure she got death threats. They weren't much concerned about any of that, were they? And after uh, everything was finished, I think she wanted to move to Europe. From what I heard, she wanted to uh, get a job there. And, uh, you know, they revealed her identity in Europe, in the government there, that this is who she was. And I heard her say, uh, maybe to Larry King, you know, like, uh, my my goose was cooked. 
You know, like there was no. Well, I will say this. She is a lovely lady, regardless of the attacks on her. She has a beautiful Christmas shop in Middleburg, Virginia. I mean, it is beautiful. Uh, she had married a, a man originally from Germany. And you can see her beautiful shop in Middleburg, Virginia, as a matter of fact. Is Middleburg, Virginia near Mineral? I don't think so. No, no, it would be uh, probably... Do you at least have mineral water in Mineral, Virginia? I, I'm i not sure we have mineral water. Mm-hmm. We had a mine. I, I know We've only lived here less than a year. We but what kind here. of mine? What did you mine? What did they mine in Mineral? All I know is it was minerals. I, I don't know if it was precious minerals or what. I just don't know. I should have been more informed before calling you. So, no, that's all right. So why did you move there? We, we were um, eight years in Florida, and uh, we came here because our son is here in Charlottesville. So we wanted to be closer to our So son. it's pretty close to Charlottesville. Yeah, it's uh, closer to Charlottesville than Richmond. All right. Yeah. Well, you know what, Nicole, I want to thank you and keep up the good work. Uh, the mineral water there. Oh, you don't know if they have mineral water. Well, our, our water is, doesn't, it has some minerals, but not more. You know minerals. what I drink? I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not a big water person, but I'm trying to drink more because my wife is trying to take care of me, and everyone goes up to her, like I said yesterday, and says, you need to take care of your husband. She tries. Yeah. It's the husband that's the problem. You know what I drink? I drink this Fiji water. It's not cheap, but it's really the only bottled water I like. Isn't that weird? You need need to drink water you like if you're going to drink water. Yes, exactly. If you don't like it, you're not going to drink it. And it says on the bottle, natural artesian water. And I'll be honest with you, Nicole, I don't even know what artesian water is. Well, I am not sure I know either. And it has a red flower on there. But it tastes good. It's actually from the islands of Fiji. It is from there? You're sure? Well, that's what they say. Well, I think we'll need a federal investigation. But nonetheless, I do like the water. Good for you. Good for you. you need well, to Nicole, it's been a great pleasure. I want to thank you. And you made an excellent point. They didn't treat Linda Tripp as a courageous whistleblower. They tried to destroy her. And this happens all the time. The left and the media are so disgusting. Nicole, thank you. We'll be right back. doesn't suffer fools well. So, if you're a fool, don't call 877-381-3811. Yes, in other words, but we do invite liberals. And uh, even though there is some uh, overlap there, we do, uh, we do like liberals to call. You know, to edify us, to focus us, as they like to say. I want to tell you about Levin TV. Who better to tell you about Levin TV than Levin? You like the Fox show? You like my radio show? You like the books? You're going to love Levin TV. Ask people who are part of our family over there at Levin TV. Now, here's what's really cool. The holidays are coming. And you're probably thinking, all right, what am I going to get my husband, my wife, my father, my mother, my grandfather, my grandmother, this one, that one? What should I get? They have enough ties. They don't wear ties. Socks? Who the hell gets socks? 
you can surprise them with Levin TV. And it's worthwhile, and it lasts for an entire year, and it doesn't even cost that much. And right now, you can get 10% off, 10 bucks off. And you not only get me, you get our buddy Glenn Beck, and he's on fire lately. Steven Crowder, he's on fire all the time. These are great guys. You get Phil Robertson, Andrew Wilkow, right down the list of solid people, interesting people. You're not required to watch every night, but you can. And you watch when you want to. That's the great thing about digital TV. And you don't have to even watch on your TV. You can if you have a smart TV. You can lock it in and watch it on your your big screen TV. Or you can watch it on your iPhone, your Android. Or you can watch it on your iPad. Or you can watch it on your PC or your laptop or numerous other places. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. Now, Levin TV, we cover things that some of these news aggregators don't. Or we unravel some of the things that the left is trying to impose on you to force their agenda. We don't have sponsors and commercials. No big brother looking over our shoulder, dictating what we cover. We're completely beholden to you and to nobody else. So give us a try. Check us out. And I would encourage you to do it today. And those of you who have, give it as a gift. Give it as a gift. Go to levintv.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com to sign up and enter code LEVIN to get your $10 off the annual subscription. Or give us a call, 1-844-LEVIN-TV, 1-844-LEVIN-TV. Also get $10 off with promo code LEVIN on your annual subscription. The price for our network is not increased in over three years. Not increased in over three years. So while cable bills have and other things that we have not, we have kept our price down. And we have high-quality broadcasting. Just check us out. LevinTV.com, code Levin, or 844-LEVIN-TV. Again, code Levin. All right, let's see what's cooking here. Let's go to Kathy Scranton, Pennsylvania, the great WTRW. How are you? Hi, Mark. Oh, I'm glad you took my call. Thank you. I, I would like to thank the president for taking down Al Baghdadi with Delta Force and Conan the Dog. It's more like Al Baghdadi now. Yeah. <laughs> I think Conan the Dog should become our White House president dog. You that know, would be so cool. He could guard our president. Yeah. <laughs> From the Democrats. <laughs> You're not kidding. Hey, by the way, has Joe Biden been in Scranton, Pennsylvania lately? I hope not. You know, the only time he goes there is when he's campaigning, and he's campaigning all the time, but he never really goes to Scranton to check out his birthplace, does he? No, he doesn't. And neither does Hillary. It's no. a big um fraud on us. We we really don't we call him scrappy kid from Scranton. Mm-hmm. You know, and when he comes, he was only 10 years old when he was here. Yeah. He left at 10, and he went to, you know, Delaware. So, right. You know. What, what did Delaware know? boys, do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that song? Yeah. Or am I the only one in the world that remembers no, that song? No, no. Yes. I, well, you know, how does, I would like to know how Joe Biden represents blue-collar America. What exactly has he done? He's a big government guy. He's never had a lunch bucket job. He's never hired blue-collar people ever in his entire life. He's a government guy, always a government guy. But you know what? 
Blue-collar people are not all government guys. You know, they work with their hands. Right, he works with his mouth when he... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you're good, Kathy. You got to get a podcast. If you if you don't if you don't um fire that prosecutor, I'm out of here in six hours. Yeah, I'm exactly. My billion dollars with me. But you're not allowed to ask about that, Kathy. No, 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 no. We got to concoct a quid pro quo when one happened right in front of our eyes well, with they Biden. Changing the narrative on our president. You know, if I was a defendant, I wouldn't know what to tell my lawyer that I did wrong and no, how to aid right. my defense. Because they keep changing the narrative on what our president did. I mean, what crime did he really commit? Is it quid pro quo? Is it obstruction of justice? Is it abuse of power? Is it extortion? I wouldn't know what to tell my attorney. Now, Kathy, let me ask you something. In the the people you know in Scranton, are they pro-Trump, pro-Biden, or what? Trump, Trump, Trump. And yeah. when they get on the WILK, the other station here, and and um, they fight with the guy in the morning because he's not Trump, <laughs> and he had to give in. Shh, shh, there's not another station. WTRW, that's it. I know, we're not supposed to say that. No. You know? It's like the whistleblower. You can't say his name either. Well, they, we all want Conan to be the White House dog now. Yes, yes, I agree. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. We have a lot of women calling this show, like Judy, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go. I haven't stopped laughing. I have not stopped laughing. You are too funny. You need to be a stand-up comedian if that no, wasn't no. true. Then, then I, would want, I would be what? George Stephanopoulos. <laughs> your headlines were right. And I want to tell but you the problem with George Stephanopoulos, he can't be a stand-up comedian because everybody says, George, are you standing up? Yes, I am. Oh. <laughs> anyway, go right ahead. You wouldn't find him. But you know something? Truthfully, I'm listening to the other lady. And, you know, President Trump, he marches to his own beat. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play by the swamp rules, the NSA rules. He's, I guess he doesn't trust, like, Foggy Bottom. <laughs> he doesn't trust <laughs> any of them. So he does his own thing, and they're very upset with him. I want to tell you that this woman's right. Why is he not getting the Nobel Peace Prize for mm-hmm. killing Abba Yabba Dabba Do? Mm-hmm. Uh, why, did, why did Obama... Obama got it like after he found out where the men's room was in the mess West Wing, and they said, oh, President Obama, you're getting the, uh, the Peace Prize. He said, oh, good, good, I deserve that. I think he should give it to, well, what's his face, uh, President Trump, because he created the mess, the JV ISIS, mm-hmm. and President, Drummer, and President Trump... Um, destroyed them, defeated them, I think he should give his prize over. You know, I want to tell you something. I'm going to try to be serious. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think with all the craziness that's going on, and by the way, Hamas, you know what they're good for? Nothing. They keep their people in poverty. <laughs> no, they're good for something. They keep their people in poverty just for mm-hmm. the PR. They mm-hmm. steal from them blind. There are no jobs, but the best-paying jobs there are pay for slay. They pay so much to kill a Jew, God forbid. Seriously. You're right. You're right. It's, it's unbelievable. But, you know, I want to tell you something. Seriously, mm-hmm. I want to know something. Yes. Why can't President Trump hire, like, an army of 100 lawyers, that's what you need, with forensic uh, investigators together with them, and really go after a lot of these people? There are so many players out there, the swampy people. And I start with Adam Schiff, too, mind you. Because I want to know something. Why did Adam Schiff send his staffer 
to Ukraine secretly, mm -hmm. named Thomas Eager, to mm -hmm. talk to Ambassador Bill Taylor. Okay, he's a swamp guy. You're right. Who basically for 10 years worked for some place called United States Ukrainian Business Whatever, connected mm -hmm. to Atlantic Council, connected to Burisma. You're right. It's owned primarily by George Soros. And guess what? I would investigate David J. Kramer. The guy that went to England, who was a McCain staffer, who brought this fake document. You know, way too much. See, here's the thing. Yeah. When you have a fascistic mindset like Adam Schiff and his, his supporters and the media and so forth, Adam Schiff decides who gets to testify. He's not going to allow anyone to testify against him, against this, uh, this, this spy, this so-called phony uh, whistleblower, against Biden, against his party. He's not going to allow anything to develop that might reveal what took place in 2016 so the American people actually know what's going on. And over in the Senate, uh, they're all a bunch of uh, uh, mannequins. Well, they're, all Mark, bunch of, they're no damn good. They don't do a damn thing. Mark, let me ask you. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Hello. If I, if I know this kind of Hello. Thing, Hello. If Hello. I'm here. If yes. I know all of this and, 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 and I know a lot more, mm -hmm. how come it's not out there? Oh, it's out there. There's censorship, self-censorship. The intention is to keep the American people as ill-informed as possible. So they throw all kinds of crap out there. That doesn't matter. They're already working on the headlines. That's why I did my headlines, because I knew they would be. All you have to do is go to these aggregator news sites, and you'll see these headlines. They're already all propaganda. Adam Schiff is out front. It's not like he has to work at it. He's a walking, talking press release, and the media just love it. You know, bribery is an impeachable offense, he says, and we have bribery here. No, we don't, you idiot. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Judy, I want to thank you for your call. We'll be right back. Lovin. Simply safe. Now, here's something interesting. There are over 2 million burglars, burglaries, I should say, reported every year. That's one every 13 seconds. And what's crazy is that only one in five homes have home security. And I think a lot of the reason is due to the cost and the complications and the wiring and all the rest of, uh, of your traditional so-called uh, such companies. That's why Simply Safe is transformative. It really is. And they've transformed home security by breaking down those barriers to get you the best, most reliable comprehensive protection available anywhere. Simply Safe protects every door, window, and room with 24-7 professional monitoring. Their police dispatch is up to 3.5 times faster because they use video verification. Simply Safe has no contracts or hidden fees. The system is designed to blend right into your home. No wires, no drilling. It's easy to order, easy to set up, usually in under an hour. Plus, prices are always fair and honest. Round-the-clock monitoring is just $15 a month. Please visit simplysafemark.com to get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafemark.com so they know I sent you. Simplysafemark.com. Listen to this. Over at the Daily Wire, Hank Berrien. A children's elementary school distributed a flyer to children as young as second grade, that's seven years old, that promoted a clinic hosted by a medical volunteer corps. 
There was one problem. One side of the flyer advertised, quote, free birth control and pre-pregnancy services, unquote, as well as free, quote, implants, pills, condoms, and more, unquote. See, they're killing the culture. The left, and the left institutionalizes their ideology in our public institutions. It, it is a country that is dissolving from within. That provoked the ire of one father of a seven-year-old in the class, Richard Penkoski, who runs the online ministry Warriors for Christ. Last Thursday, according to the Christian Post, he confronted the school board in, in uh, Sullivan County about the incident at Mary Hughes High in Piney Flats. The flyer discussed the November 1-3 to Appalachian Fairgrounds in Gray, hosted by the remote area Medical Volunteer Corps. Penkoski told the school board, what's more exactly? And why was this given to my seven-year-old? Since when is it the school's job to give information to my child about birth control? When did the public schools decide they can teach my child issues regarding morality and sex? Penkoski explained that his outrage was triggered by the flyer putting him in a position where he would have to explain sex to a child he felt was too young to start dealing with the issue. He said, I know liberals on this council specifically will say something like, well, schools teach reproduction. You're right. They do teach biological facts in regard to reproduction. This flyer is not talking about reproduction. It teaches birth control. I also can't help but notice that abstinence is not on the list. Penkoski told the board the public schools think they have the right to usurp my authority as their father. This school does not have that right. The Kingsport Times News reported that Sullivan County Director of Schools David Cox said the flyers were inadvertently distributed, that all the schools in the district distributed the flyers in order to enlighten disadvantaged families as to the presence of the clinic. Well, thanks for enlightening us, you idiot. Penkoski countered that his nine-year-old daughter did not receive one, adding the school can say inadvertent all they want. But that's like accidentally giving a child with a peanut allergy a peanut. WBIR reported that Cox explained, What happened on the back of the information, there was another part that was inadvertently sent, and it did say free birth control. But Benkoski remained unconvinced, telling the Christian Post, the school received two pages, and what the principal did was he took the two pages and put them back to back to make one copy. Part of it was to save paper, but you can't miss that. It is a whole page, and right at the top, there are big, bold letters that say birth control and pre-pregnancy and all that stuff. And it goes on. Let me ask you a question. You parents out there and grandparents out there, how much do you really know about what goes on in these classrooms? How many times have I been told by very upset parents that they send their kids off to college? Here we're talking about elementary school. They're perfectly sound. They're moral. Kids of faith. They've been taught right. And they come out radical Marxist nutjobs. And because they're of a certain age, and not a hell of a lot you can do about it. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, Bernie Sanders is on to something from his perspective. It's not that he really cares about free college. He cares about indoctrinating as many people as he can, young people. He gets that from the radical progressives of 100 years ago, and they get it from Marx before them, their philosopher king. Get them while they're young and indoctrinate them. Turn them against their parents. Turn them against the family unit. Turn them against the culture. Remember, the goal is to destroy the culture, destroy the civil society. Fundamentally transform America, as one reprobate once put it, 
And then they wonder, why is the country so divided here? I don't understand here. Why is the country so divided? All we want are open borders. All we want to do is eliminate ICE and detention centers. Floods of immigrants into the country who aren't assimilated. Overwhelming localities who can't pay for this. Ah, What's the problem? What's the problem? All we want is to steal your wealth, to steal your income. I know you work every day, but so what? Privileged. Privileged in one way or another. All we want to do is take what you earn and take it from you and your kids and your family and give it to somebody else. What's all this this division in the country about? All we want to do is take your health care from you. Well, we paid for it. We, we negotiate. doesn't matter. I don't understand this division we have in the country. All we want to do is steal your health care and destroy it. Oh. It's this division in the country. All we want to do is remove the president of the United States. He's mentally ill. He's a fascist. He's Hitler. He's Stalin. He's uh, Mussolini. Uh, he's uh, committed perjury. He's committed uh, bribery. He's committed extortion. He's, he's uh, you know, on and on. What's the problem? Why are we so divided in this country? We left this. All we want to do is lead you to the promised land. Well, where's the promised land? Camden, New Jersey. All right. Okay. So tomorrow starts the crap. You're going to see not an impeachment hearing, a tyranny hearing. Remember, that's the phrase. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and all you folks who help us, protect us, and make this a great country. The rest of you, we don't salute you. God bless you, and I'll see you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.